WIFA Waves is sponsored by WIFA Accelerator, an education hub to amplify your career. Shop the hub or explore our persona pathways to find all the ways that you can accelerate your career trajectory and make meaningful partnerships along the way. We want to help you crush your near and long-term goals. So collaborate with us over at womeninfitness.org backslash accelerate. Hello, I am Lindsay Rainwater, founder and CEO of the Women in Fitness Association. And I'm Morgan Hills Adetoye, director of all things WIFA. And this is WIFA Waves, the sound waves of your career. A podcast devoted to supporting the who, what, and how of your career trajectory. We got you. Let's ride these waves together. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, today we have a wonderful guest with us, someone that I've been fortunate enough to know for over a decade. That's fun to say. And she is, um, well, Lori, hello. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, hello, Lindsay and Morgan. It's so great to chat with you. And thanks for inviting me on your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to tell our listeners a little bit more about you to get things going. Um, Lori has been in the fitness industry for a very long time. Um, I, like I said, I've known her for about 10 years, but prior to her even, her and I even meeting at a show that we were at, um, Lori has a, a really special um, start to fitness, which involves her service in the army and how she took that inspiration and really worked with that to create the fitness program that she has changed thousands of lives with all over the world. So we will get to hearing more about your story, but let's talk a little bit about your WIFA story. So, you know, you've been a part of the association for a long time. You're a WIFA ambassador. So tell our listeners, how did you find out about WIFA or what's your favorite association memory? Let's unpack that topic. Uh, sure. I found WIFA through you, Lindsay, and you and I had not had a chance to be together in person for a couple years, uh, and although we were still connected on social media. And you started talking about WIFA and on Instagram, and I was really uh, excited to learn more about it. It was about women and fitness, which is obviously what I am and my jam. And uh, the more I learned, uh, the more excited I got. And then I decided to join the organization. I was willing to join just because of the values and uh, the calling and the mission of the organization. What I wasn't prepared for were all of the amazing services and tools that we thought was going to offer you know, us as women and, and as us as members to help us grow, not only personally, but professionally. So that was exciting for me. I did not even realize that was, that was part of the membership. And then 
as I've shared with both of you before, my most favorite component of WIFA is the mentorship program. I love it. I have opted in every single quarter. I have met the most amazing women all over the globe and also women in different places in their careers. Mm -hmm. And that's been so exciting to me to not only have the opportunity to share my three plus decades with women, but also for me to continue to learn and to stay fresh because as a business owner, you know, we had a saying in the army, stay alert, stay alive. And so I'm always, you know, trying to learn and these women that are new to the industry or have been in it a decade or two are just brilliant. So I've had an opportunity to grow as well. So that's my most favorite, mm -hmm. uh, my most favorite um, aspect of, of WIFA. And I'm just so thankful uh, for the organization to, both you, Lindsay, for having the vision and Morgan for, for bringing it, helping Lindsay bring it to fruition. And then also to become an ambassador mm. and to have an opportunity in a official role to get to spread the amazingness of WIFA. Look at me. I think I'm making a commercial. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> um, but that's just how passionate I am about this organization mm. and how as women, it's just so great to be in a place where we lift each other up, support each other, and then push each other along. It's, it's amazing. Mm. Well, and for you, Lori, thank you for your involvement because, I mean, you've got 34 years in, you know, under your belt of experience and whether it's consulting or supporting businesses from your perspective of starting your own business, but bootcamp challenge is also all over the U.S. And mm -hmm. I just, I see you and I'm so appreciative that we are fortunate enough to, I get to talk to you regularly and that the association gets to have you as an ambassador. Um, yeah, thank you so much. I know Morgan loves you as well. Yeah, we are so grateful to have you as an ambassador. That is for sure. And um, and as a mentor, I literally the <laughs> raving reviews mm. that we get from people that you have helped mentor is <laughs> always so fantastic. So thank you for being a light for WIFA and for other women in the industry. Oh my gosh. Thank you. It's uh, I think this is just a match made in heaven. 100%. I totally agree. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your childhood. This is a question that we love asking. Um, what was your first memory or something that you were told that you played when you were little um, that looks, you know, a lot like your upbringing and what informs your actions today? Firstly, I want to say uh, thank you for this question because uh, it makes my heart smile. It's something as far I believe in as far as when I am coaching and consulting people around movement and I say, well, what did you like to do when you were little? Because I do believe that we are shaped uh, by our youth and good and bad. So, you know, there's habits we have, we work decades to change. And then of course, uh, values and um, habits that we learn in a young um, age that, that move us forward. So thank you for asking this question. And for me, uh, a, a couple of things come to mind. Firstly, I loved war movies at a young age, which just, first of all, you know, when I, when I think about this, I think about where the hell were my parents? Like here I am watching <laughs> war movies is a, is a little girl. I mean, I was, I, that's the first movie I remember. And the movie was called the longest day, which is the longest movie. And here's a fun fact. So that, so I am 54. 
and my 54th birthday was this February in 2020. And I don't know how old I was when I watched this movie. I'm going to say maybe four or five. That's what I remember. And so for this birthday, I had not seen that movie in its entirety since then. I had just seen clips. It's like when it would come on, like, you know, Memorial Weekend, you know, they would do old movies. And I'd always catch the end of it. And of course, now with streaming services on demand, it's much easier to get. So anyway, on my birthday, that was my birthday wish for my whole family to watch The Longest Day with me. And they did. And they're like, this is the longest freaking movie. Anyway, so, so that's one of my first memories. And then also, I loved being outside and running around and we would play uh, what we called at the time war or we like let's play war um, and of course I was the general I had to be in charge but um, I, but it, it, it we would just run around and really it was more like tag so those are some of my first memories of uh, you know the movies I watched and then the the movement that I did and I loved being outside and then I also remember always getting in trouble for talking at school, like always. So, you know, and, and I love, you know, my, my teachers would always say, you know, Lori is such a great student. She's, you know, such a joy. But if she could just chill the chatter. Uh-huh. And, um, and what was so, and this is one of the things I'm so thankful for both my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. is that they didn't see it that way. So, and, and you know, that the talking was always under the, uh, what do you say? Um, not the academics, but the behavior. And so I'd always get A's and B's. I did really well, but I'd always, whatever the numbers were for discipline, I'd always get not, not great because of my talking. And I'm just so thankful to my parents because, you know, they never disciplined me for my gift of gab. Instead, they would celebrate it. And they would ask me to come up with strategies. They would say, now, Lori, you know, when the teacher's talking, it's disrespectful. So maybe write your thoughts down on the paper so you can Mm -hmm. share those with Lindsay at recess, which didn't know it. But I love the fact that they, instead of saying stop talking, they said, let's find other ways in which you can use, Mm -hmm. you know, your gift of gab. Uh, And so that's something that, you know, and then when I went to university after the military, I majored actually in mass comm you know, um, with an opportunity to share stories, um, um, with the world. So I still love it. It's definitely a gift of mine, uh, communication. And I'm thankful, uh, mm. that my parents, um, you know, really celebrated that as opposed to disciplining it because yeah. it's definitely a strength of mine. Mm-hmm. No, it's mm. important to let children use their voices, right? But I mm-hmm. am with you. That was always on my report card. She's a, Morgan is such a social butterfly. <laughs> I'm like, yep. <laughs> Which is a nice way of saying, oh, she talks all the time. <laughs> exactly. She does oh. not shut up, but it's <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's good that I'm amongst friends because that was on my report card as well. So it was a... <laughs> Um, Lindsay does she the other thing that was on the report card and be curious Lori if this was feedback you got as a kid too which is that I I started the projects before all the instructions had been given a hundred percent yeah I missed like three of the things (laughs) yeah but I was always like done with the thing before everybody else but sometimes I missed things because I didn't wait I just like started doing it I was like oh that's funny But I see, I love that, you know, you're conversationalist and the, and I see like that for who you are today, especially on social, it comes through. And I guarantee like, if you didn't have that capacity to communicate in the way that you do, boot camp challenge would not be what it is if you didn't have that gift. And so how cool that your family nurtured that and recognized that at such a young age and just you know, redirected you to a different outlet so that you could keep expressing in the way that felt most authentic to you as little you. 
I know, right? Thank you for that. And I agree. And, you know, actually my husband and I have talked about social media and I just feel like it's such a blessing. That it, exactly what you said, thinking about that, allowing me to uh, continue to grow and explore communication, whether it's in written word or video or audio. And I really give my parents all that credit. Mm, I love that. That's so wonderful. And did any of that parlay into your first job or what, what did you do as your first job? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, well, obviously I think my personality, I wasn't, I didn't have an opportunity to, uh, talk much out in the open, uh, to the end user, but I was a salad girl. So there was a restaurant. It was a fancy dancy restaurant here where, and I, where I grew up and my best friend got a job there and he said, Oh, you totally have to get a job here. So I got on as a salad girl and I think I wasn't old enough. I think you had to be a certain age to wait tables, to be a waiter server and a certain age to be a hostess. So the only, and I think it was 15, 16, I don't even remember. But anyway, I was a salad girl. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to really uh, communicate with, you know, all the customers that come in through because I was busy restocking uh, the salad bar. Uh, but I tell you what I did learn, even though I didn't have an opportunity, you know, to communicate a lot. Uh, what I did learn, and this is a gift for me as well, especially being a business owner, is that, to take pride in my work, no matter what my title or position. And, and I respect everyone in all positions because I remember when I took that job, I was quote, the, I was at the bottom of the totem pole. I was like behind the, the servers, the bus boys, the chefs, you know, I was just the little salad girl. Really. That's what they called me. The, the little salad girl. Um, but I took such pride in that position. I was like, this is going to be the best damn salad bar anyone ever eats. And they're going to remember this salad bar. And so I remember uh, feeling that pride in, in that job. And then also as I, you know, continued on uh, my life journey, when I go anywhere and I see positions of a salad girl, I don't even think they have those anymore. They don't call them that anymore. Or, you know, um, anyway, I, I speak to everyone in all positions and honor them as if they were also the business owner. And I learned that from my first job. Mm, mm, that's so um, mission critical, I think, to be able to connect in that way. And so I think it's, I would imagine that people really appreciate that quality of you. So how fun that, that that came from. And I would, did that influence your love for vegetables from an early age? As well? <laughs> you know what? That's so funny. It really did. Because growing mm -hmm. up, we had, a, I live in the Midwest and our diet was, you know, it was gravy and potatoes and meat. And then our only vegetable was corn. Honest. That's all I remember anyway, um, bread, butter, and milk. And uh, so yes. it really was my first day. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I literally love all salads. You can ask my husband, my kids, everyone who knows, but I always order one. I'm kind of a salad snob too, because because I like to try like all the things. On it. But yes, I didn't think about that, Lindsay, but you're so right. I think that's where my, my love for vegetables and salads came from. Formative, girl. It was formative. That's right. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> what are uh, one to three career highlights that you have personally? Well, thank you for asking that question. And I'm going to pause a minute. It's been, um, it's been a long career, just such a and a huge blessing to be in our industry in this career this long. And I would say that, that my first was before, well, I was going to say before I was in, but actually I was in, so I was in the army. So, so it goes like this. I, I worked at a 
it was an all-female facility, which I don't even know if they have those anymore uh, here. And I was hired to do sales. And then part of that, you had to teach group exercise. So that, and I did that when I was in university. I just did a semester or a year uh, at university and I worked there. And then I went into the army. And then when I went into the army, uh, my commit, you know, I, I thought about, I didn't really think about fitness. Actually, I was just being a soldier. And then I was working for my commander and he, it, we were in Europe and we, didn't have the opportunity to train and run outside because of the snow and the ice. And so my, uh, my commander came in and, uh, I don't know if we can cuss on here. Can I say a cuss word or no? Yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> and so anyway, my commander said, don't you, he came into my office, but he goes, don't you teach that aerobic shit? And I go, I do. He goes, yeah, you need to do that for our unit during winter time because we have PT tests. I don't know if they were in March or whatever. He goes, and so we, you need to teach us that. that that's how that went. And so we went to a motor pool, which is like, a, like think of your garage and times up by a hundred. And it's just a huge open bay with just concrete. And so my commander had me go in and there was about 300 troops in cadre at that point. And I had to train them in high impact aerobics were the, this was in 1980 six or 1987. I got over there in 85. No, 86. Anyway, late 80s. And um, so it was just high impact aerobic was the only option. And oh my gosh, they, they hated it. They were, they were, you know, mad at me. You know, first of all, I work for the commander. Secondly, I'm making them get up and do this stupid aerobic stuff shit at 6am in the morning. <laughs> but what was interesting is when we did our PT test, everybody crushed their PT test. And so mm. that was really a great paradigm for all the soldiers. I don't know how many, you know, in incorporate it in the rest of their life, but realize that also doing cross training, you know, different activities, will help you with your goal. So, so that was something I didn't even realize I was teaching that at the time, but, I, but that's one of the highlights of my, of my career, because I remember just being so nervous. Um, like my knees were, would be shaking, you know, these are, these are my uh, superiors. These are my equals, you know, these are my subordinates. There's 300 of them. And I remember and I just remember that being a critical time. And when I finished that, I, well, he ended up having me do it the whole time I was there. But after my first couple ones, and I was able to figure out strategies to facilitate and educate and motivate all at one time, I was like, okay, this is freaking balls. And, and I loved it and was able to use that as the foundation of my business. I didn't know that was going to happen. I always say, you know, I just wasn't smart enough to know at that time that that's what I was going to do. But those those principles and, and, and the foundation that happened to me when I was training over in Germany in the army was literally the foundation of a company that I would start like, mm -hmm. I think 10 or 15 years later mm -hmm. and a pro and a program that would be nationwide. Mm. Mm. That is so Lori, I, I appreciate your, even in the face of what you could at the time, like some adversity of like someone not liking what they're doing, but knowing they need to do it and you pressing forward and just how that demonstrates, um, you know, the, the program that you created, but also in that moment, just standing up for something that you enjoyed and getting people involved and getting people moving their bodies and just how the through line of what that is yeah. that you do yeah. today. I agree. And thank you for sharing that. And just to, you know, continue to bring value to our listeners and, and our WEFA family and those that are um, not part of our WEFA family is, is being in the fitness industry. If you are a practitioner, whether a trainer, group 
trainer, business owner, or coach, uh, that really seems to be our norm. Taking people that hire us or want to be with us because their doctor told them or their spouse suggested it or their kids, whatever the reason, sometimes we receive them without them being their own motivator. And yeah. that is our job is yeah. to, and part of our skill set is to, is to, you know, educate, to motivate and to facilitate these people because what we are sharing and doing, and I'm not trying to sound drama, saves lives, especially right now. I mean, if, oh, if there yeah. were ever a time in the last 110 years where moving and eating nutrition dense food was critical to your overall life it is today mm -hmm. and so you know what a, what an honor that we're in this service industry that can provide that but you know uh, you know what you're sharing is, is people that come to us sometimes they're you know it's it's not always their idea that they want to come and it, that's our job to not only educate but hopefully help them and walk them through flipping the paradigm that they want this to be a lifestyle so that they will live you know a healthy life and and um, and a good quality of life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, and two, to kind of parlay into the army just in general, and then kind of to expand on that topic, like you created a new experience for a lot of men when you were the ratio of women to men was there was far more men than there were women in your mm -hmm. immediate environments. And mm -hmm. still today in the army in the U S that's very much so the climate. I mean, do you ever get a chance to speak with other women in the army or to speak out on what women in service can do to be a leader amongst men, just like you were in 1986? Uh, yes. And I would say this as far as being in a, a male dominant environment or any environment for, for every leader is you have to be smart. Mm -hmm. you, you just have to be smart and you have to be uh, open to learn. Just like what I talked about, why I love the WIFA mentorship program so much is because here I am a 36 year veteran of the fitness industry, a, a U.S. Army veteran, a program nationwide. We have millions of downloads of our app and I still learn from the women that are part of WIFA. And so I would say the first thing is whether it's a male dominated industry or, you know, I know we have some people in our organization who are in other industries, this is their part-time industry and they're male dominated is to just be smart mm -hmm. and always be open to learn. Um, and the second thing I would say, you know, you got to own your own shit that, 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 and that's, that's a personal value of mine. And then it's also a leadership value of mine is that, you know, and I think, I don't know, if I had this before I went in the army or I learned it, that's what I had. My husband and I laugh all the time. I don't know if I had this value and this, mm -hmm. this the, before, after, but it, nonetheless, I have it today. And that is, you know, every leader is responsible for everything their unit does and fails to do. Mm -hmm. And that's what I learned in the army. So even if you're not directly responsible, you own that, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so again, in, in a male dominated industry or any industry as, as a leader, these are just, and, and, you know, again, to add value to our listeners, these are, these are uh, steps for every leader, no matter who you are and what you're doing, be smart, you know, own your shit. And then I would say, lastly, be yourself and make sure that the decisions that you make align with your values, because only you sleep with you at the end of your service, you know? And, and so there's no compromise. You know, I always have like, you know, do you boot? And here's what I would say too. I think that it's hard 
Because as women in a male, my experience, I should say, in a male dominating in, industry is that things that I would do, I think they would, they would label me or honestly, I'll just, they would just come make fun of me. They'd be like, oh, you're such a girl. And I, and I'd be like, F you, I, I just kicked your ass. So, you know, obviously girls are anyway. And then of course we would banter back and forth. Um, but everything that I did and still do to this day has to align with my value because I am the only one who can has to, you know, go to bed with me, as I said, and then also stand up and face my community, my fitness community, the females in my industry, my campers, my trainers, my customers. And so even if it's not popular with what's going on, and there's been many decisions that I've made and that I have done that weren't popular. I remember when I first started licensing boot camp challenge to gyms, which were not my original target market, and they would literally tell me that it wasn't possible. Mm-hmm. They would say to me, you, no, no member's going to join our gym and pay a gym membership and then pay for a group training program called Boot Camp Challenge. And this is why I hired a sales team because I, and I just hung up the phone. I was like, okay, bye. And, I, and because what, <laughs> what they didn't even realize is that that's how this whole thing started in a club. I ran a club and started Boot Camp Challenge and it ran in all the clubs. But my point is I never compromised the value of this program. And so if somebody told me all the time, you can't do it, I, I would just, uh, honestly, I just feel sad for them. Like you, you weren't even smart enough to ask me how I did it. So bye, you know? Um, and, and, and that has happened so many times too, working in another industry and they were my customer. Uh, and it's a fortune 100 company and they reached out to me to come in and bring boot camp challenge into their organization. And then as we went through all the legal, they started telling me the things that I, that I had to change in my program. And for instance, one of them, we do uh, body uh, fat and we use calipers. And the reason is because that's the most accurate measure of body composition out here in the field. And they wanted me to use this machine, uh, which is bioelectrical impedance, which is not accurate. And there, I won't go into all the details on, on the science of it, but I told them no. I, I, they said you can't. You can't touch the employees. Is what they said to me, and so I said, "Well, thank you, but you know, I'm not able. I'm not changing my program." And and I, I really wish I could name this company because if I did, everyone listening knows them. That's how big they are. They're huge. Maybe you can guess it if you think of the largest one in St. <laughs> Louis area. Um, but they ended up coming back and saying, "Okay, you can do it your way." And it wasn't. And it wasn't that I wanted to win. It's just that I knew. I knew that the way that I did things in my program were the best for the overall wellness of my customer and their employee. And I, and you can't, you can't tell me what I don't know, you know, now you can offer me suggestions and say, Oh, we'll do this. But anyway, so going back to being a leader and staying with your own values, that was another example of it in, in that industry. And I would have set to loss a ten, that contract ended up scoping 10 years and, and, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but I stuck to my, and again, this wasn't ego. I I was saying, if we do it your way, we're going to have so many people that uh, are not going to be doing our program because that, that way is, uh, is wrong and will lead down a path of not wellness, but in the other direction. So that was, I think a very long, colorful explanation too. (laughs) (laughs) How do you be a leader amongst male dominated world? Mm. So much richness in that response. I'm like speechless. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same. I was about to say, like, I have nothing. I really powerful, honestly. <laughs> and I appreciate you um, voicing that and being, you know, 
true to your heart and true to your values because it's true. I think that a lot of times we, we find ourselves in situations that we think to ourselves, okay, this doesn't exactly align. Like this doesn't feel good. Something mm-hmm. about this doesn't feel good. I, I don't, maybe I don't know what, I can't pinpoint that. And I think it comes to uh, this doesn't align with who I am, with my values. And it's so important to stand by those. Um, so thank you for saying mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been in the industry, like we mentioned, for many years, 35 to be exact. <laughs> and um, <laughs> What are some changes that you've seen, especially in this time that we're recording is uh, COVID? And, um, but even, I think, over the several years, there's been many changes. What are some things that you're happy to see? I, there's many things that I love about our industry today. First of all, I just love our industry overall. And we're, I, in my opinion, such a young industry, you know, from, from the early eighties. And I would say one of the first uh, changes that, that I see that I'm so happy with are all of the options for a fitness professional coming into this industry. You know, in the olden days, the only option was exactly how I started. You sold gym memberships and then you taught high impact aerobics. You know, personal training did not exist in the eighties when, when, when I was there, no other format of group training other than high impact aerobics existed. Uh, and so, so from, from the, the scope of a trainer, um, well, I guess in, in overall, so many options. You can, you know, you can own a company, you can manage gyms, you can manage universities are real big now with full on wellness programs. Mm-hmm. Um, you can become a personal trainer, a life coach, a uh, group trainer. Um, so, you know, I mean, universities now have curriculums dedicated to health and wellness. So when I went to university uh, back in the late 80s, um, this wasn't an option for me and I loved it. So I always thought fitness would be my side hustle because you couldn't do a career in, in fitness. And, and so, you know, the only option back then was like exercise physiology. You could be an exercise physiologist and work in cardiac rehab. And I didn't want to do that. And so just seeing the wealth and expanse of options within our industry is just super exciting. Um, I also really love that the medical community is now seeing value. Now, I think we have a long way to go. So if there are anybody listening that is in the wellness community, please, please, please help us uh, become, you know, um, even a bigger component of the, and by, I'm sorry, not wellness community, the medical community. So Mm -hmm. that, you know, instead of always prescribing a pill, they could say, hey, take a walk, eat a vegetable, you know, what we do. And, And also I'm not one to say in the medical community, don't prescribe medicine. How about you prescribe, you know, your, your blood pressure is super high and we're, we're, we're concerned about your heart. So take this pill and take a walk two times a week. And here's a brochure for a registered dietitian. And if you just drink one cup of water a day, that'll help with your hydration. And so, um, I, I, I worked with a, a physician. She teaches a fourth um, your medical students at Washington University, and she's amazed balls. I love her so hard. But when we, <laughs> when her and I first started working together, I had asked her if the the doctor curriculum were changing to add nutrition and wellness, and she said that at least at Washington University, they they had added one semester and and 
when I first met her. And then the last time we talked, which has been over a year ago, they were adding a full year of nutrition to the vector. So things like that get me excited because I think that the more that the medical community knows about prevention as opposed to being, you know, being proactive instead of reactive is such a gift to our community. It's a gift to our fellow man. It's a gift to our customer. For me, my campers, those that are personal trainers, you know, and to have a doctor say, you know, take a walk, eat a vegetable is like, Amazing. So I've seen them. I've seen them. Even my local doctors now put my brochures in their office. And I'm not saying that in any way to increase my business. I literally 30 years ago went to my, my primary care and I said, can I train you? for three months, no charge, just so you know who I am, that you know I'm not some crazy girl. And then in return, if you have anybody that that needs help, um, that they will have them call me. I won't charge them. I'll just talk to them. If they want additional one-on-one -on -one training, then we can move forward. But I'll tell them how to get a pair of shoes to take a walk. How long should they walk? You know, how can you, um, you know, strategies to eat one more green vegetable? And they never returned my call. And mm -hmm. now fast forward 30 years and my current doctor, I went in and had the conversation with him last year. And he's like, oh my gosh, yeah, bring brochures. And my husband even said, he's like, oh my gosh, you were 30 years ahead of your time. So all of that to say, that's another thing that I'm really excited about our industry is that the medical community I feel is now partnering with us more to be proactive and really serve our community in an honest way for people to be well and again just to have a great quality of life. It's so magical Lori that you took the initiative to do that way before it was common and just out of the goodness of your heart like I'm not going to charge you just like, let's train together and, mm -hmm. you know, to have the, cause it's, you're right. Like it's so much of our medical world deals with not so much of most of our medical world is just creating um, solutions for existing problems instead of coming at it from the preventative side. And as we know, like if we could get more people moving their bodies every day and eating nutritional foods and even just making one behavioral change or swapping mm -hmm. out one meal, it could make a huge difference. And so to have that community on our side is what will, what it's going to take to see that pivot in the world, mm -hmm. I really think. And the, and, and you've, you've modeled that for so long. And I know myself and many people look to you as a mentor in that way. When you think about younger women in the industry and even, you know, myself and Morgan and those of us that haven't logged the 30 years, like what advice would you have or what tidbits would you give those of us that are still, um, you know, pressing forward to create our careers? I would say the first and most important, in my opinion, is focus on your own self-awareness, which I, I shared uh, earlier ago when I was talking about, you know, your own values. And I would really take some time here and and honor yourself. And, and even though it's not, the outcome doesn't look like the physical components of wellness, having self-awareness will dictate your entire course. So what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? You know, if you, going back to, you know, my parents definitely encouraged me to continue talking, um, but, in, and say that is a gift of yours, or let's say you, you hate being on video, but you're a great writer. And instead of wishing for things you wish you were, or focusing on things that you want to be, focus on what you are and take those mm. strengths and really pour into them, you know, and instead of, 
you know, and look at your weaknesses too, for sure. But instead of focusing on making a weakness a strength, why don't you just double down on what you're great at? Because if you double down on what you're great at, you're going to put yourself out there and shine in whatever lane you're in and people are going to be drawn to you and you're going to make a difference. So focus for sure on self-awareness, learn your strengths, learn your weaknesses. And I'm not saying that, you know, if, if, you know, if there's a weakness that you personally want to work on, I'm not saying don't focus at all. That's great. But take the majority of your time and focus on your strengths. Double down on those so that you can, you know, give all of your amazingness to your calling. Mm -hmm. And and then I and, and and also I would say definitely choose a path that brings joy to your heart. And you know, I know and, and I know so many people talk about that, but I've lived it. I've experienced it. And, you know, I'm on, I'm on my back. I'm in Q3 of a football game, you know, so I'm 54 years old. And I would say that when I look back on my life, I just smile at me and I look at my younger self and I'm like, you are badass because so many things that I did, so many people, you know, said don't do or those won't work. And I just did it anyway because it made my heart smile. You know, serving other women in WIFA makes my heart smile. Um, launching boot camp challenge, which they told me would never work, has been, you know, to, to serve so many people throughout the United States has been one of the greatest joys in my life, you know, other than, you know, raising up my children. So, you know, definitely picks up and no matter what people say, and if they say to you, you know, that's not going to work, but you know that that is your gift, then just, you know, double down on your strengths and you take that gift and you just share it with the world mm. um, for sure. And then I would also say, which I know this might sound like a, um, an oxymoron to my last statement, but also don't be afraid to change course. Mm -hmm. Do not be afraid. So I'll give you an example. Um, you know, when I was, so I did fitness as my part-time hustle. You know, I did it before I went in the army and then I did it in the army. And then when I was at university, I was directing a club. And then when I, and then I went to school for mass communications and I was going to be a, a, a television reporter and I spent all my money in college. And again, was going to keep, uh, fitness and wellness is my side hustle. And I was in my last semester doing an internship at an NBC, uh, NBC affiliate down in Tampa, Florida. And I had to report a story and I cried so hard. It was a young child who was killed by his father. And, uh, and I had a young daughter, my daughter was young at the time and I just couldn't quit sobbing. And I literally put down my microphone and walked out of that news station. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I could not report the news. I couldn't handle it. Um, I'm more of a, you know, Oh, let's do this fun story on fitness or let's talk about this. You know, that's just my natural, again, knowing myself, knowing I can't, you know, emotionally, mentally handle that on a regular basis. And like the tagline was, if it, if it bleeds, it leads, you know, and like if the mm -hmm. car crash had someone die, then that was going to get the lead. I was like, I got to go. So I switched gears and I ended up making an industry that was not a full-time industry. That was not an industry. Again, personal training was not there. Presenting was not there. All of the lanes that I was able to create for myself to, to make this industry quote my full-time gig, you know, while I was raising my family and work it around was because I had the self-awareness and the strength to change my course. Because if you look at it from the macro and you sit back, you're like, and literally my, my, say my parents, and I do love them. They're like, wait, so <laughs> You just put yourself through university to be a television reporter and now you're not, 
you're going to teach, you're going to teach group exercise classes. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And because you know what, that felt right to me. And so I switched lanes. I pressed, I pressed the guest pedal pedal and off I went. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, I, you know, actually Lindsay and I were just talking about this the other day that we do think it's so funny that we, we truly feel like you should have to, and when you're in university, even in high school, like you should have to work in things that you think you're interested in. 100%. So that you have experience before you do go spend money or mm-hmm. complete a degree mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And then finally actually enter the field and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> this is not what right. I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I love that you took the initiative to get out of there when you yep. when it didn't feel right. Mm. But I got a degree. I got a degree. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what? I will say this too, you know, uh, it, just as a side note, that I was able to, what I loved about university, even though I did not work in the industry in which I trained, is that it still honed my skill of writing, of visually communicating. So it was definitely a great lane for me. I just didn't realize I would be telling stories in a different industry, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I, I was able to, and I'm always like that. I always like to look at, well, what did I learn? Okay. I didn't, I didn't stay in on television, but you know, what did I learn and, and, where did I bring it? And, and, and I would say that. So I, and also just say, I never think education's a waste ever. You always can learn something. Yeah, mm-hmm. most definitely. And speaking of um, how you mentioned you pivoted, um, everyone is obviously using that word right now. It's a buzzword. Um, but how has your business changed in the last year? I would say, Morgan, that Oh gosh, I hope this doesn't come off wrong because I know we've just been in an awful pandemic, but it has been a huge blessing to my business because we now can reach and move hundreds more people around the nation that had obstacles. And some of the obstacles were mental and emotional, like they were fearful to show up to a live camp, you know, because some of our camps are big. And so the opportunity to go virtual and, you know, all of these people that had fear around moving are now finding the courage to turn on their phone is the huge, it's a huge blessing because, and that's always my motivator. And it's always my, uh, you know, uh, goal is to get people to move. So the CDC came out with a report. It might've been two or three years ago. I can't remember. And it said that 77% of the U S population does not move. So, and I was actually going to get shirts mm-hmm. at me that say 23% from my campers, which I didn't do that. But, uh, and so I, I, on that day, I'm like, this is, this is wrong. We have to get more people to move because we know that if you move, then your risk of disease decreases. All of the diseases decrease if you just move. And then I started thinking even deeper. I'm like, well, why don't people move? You know, I think that, you know, some people think, oh, people are just lazy. They're not. There is, I think everybody wants to move, but there is a block or a reason. Like maybe they were told when they were a kid that they sucked at kickball and somehow in their mind that that relayed as an adult that, why? I can't exercise because I suck at it or you get an injury and anyone, including myself that has ever had an injury, you know how scary it is going back. It is just scary AF because that injury takes a toll. It takes a long time to heal and you don't want to happen again. So there is just, it's such a bigger picture and 
on why people don't move. And so I felt that when we, so we pivoted, obviously, like everybody did. And in one weekend, we moved online. And my camps grew and grew and grew. And I said, oh my, oh my gosh, how, how is this happening? And I started seeing people, Morgan, that in the past had been fearful now doing this because they felt safe in their mm-hmm. living room. And by the way, I make them keep their cameras on. So mm-hmm. it's not like they can hide. In the first couple of days, they didn't want to. They were like, I'm not turning on. I said, then you can't do my camp. I have to see you. This is right. me training you. You don't pay me this much money and you, and I don't get to help you. Like that's right. my job. And, um, and so it really opened up an opportunity for so many more people to bring movement. And then what's great is that when one person overcomes their fear of movement, uh, then the people around them see that. So it's not just one person. Now their family starts to see that and then their friends start to see it. And then they become the light for movement for the people in their lives, which is so exciting for me. So I would say that would, that would be one great thing that has happened um, is the opportunity to train people and help them overcome their fear of movement. And then I would say another thing that has happened to our business is that um, for my trainers and on my, on the business side, so that was for all of the people, the, the community that we serve. And then on the business side, the same thing. We now, because our state's open, I know some states aren't um, still, we now go outside. We, we, and we're out at a huge field. We keep our campers eight feet apart. Um, you know, we have, we have everything in place to keep them safe. So we still do in-person camp and we do virtual camps, but now for my trainers, now they have an opportunity to have additional offerings. So, you know, some of my trainers have family in another state. They're now offering a camp just for their family members at, you know, like 10 42 AM at an odd time, <laughs> because it's just, you know, going virtual and then still able to serve their community here in person. So all around for us, it has been amazing. And and what's interesting is a whole year before this happened, I tried to, to touch people in the virtual lane. And I did lives for a whole year on an app, the TurboTrack app, and we just could not get anybody to sign up. Now my, you know, my in-person camps were doing great, but could not convert into the virtual. And then COVID happened. And when everybody got, and I just think that it's bumped up the virtual training in our industry five to 10 years. I, well, I know it for a fact, cause I just did all that. I did it for a year mm-hmm. and had zero. And mm-hmm. now since March, our camps have doubled. Our numbers mm-hmm. are completely doubled from last year. And when we went in person, this last camp, do you know that I had more stay virtual than went in person? And it wasn't a fear of COVID. It was the convenience of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so all the way around for us, you know, and again, the blessing that that's what Tony says. Like, oh my gosh, it's like God was totally preparing you because for a year I learned how do I play music through Zoom? How do I open how do I turn it on? First of all, what is doom? You know, I, all of these things. And so I had a year of with no one showing up to, to learn so that when I had to move our entire community across the nation online, firstly, I was able to build 
confidence in my trainers because they were afraid. They had never done this. And I was able to, again, in the weekend, we sit down, had a mandatory or an emergency meeting. I'm like, okay, step one, turn on your computer. Step two, download Zoom. Step three, do this. And they were, and so I also think that that really helped all of my trainers move through the fear of everything because yeah. I had the confidence only because I had just learned it the past year. So, so that was another um, a benefit uh, and, and useful in our pivot is I was able to really pour into my, my trainers and lift them up and educate them and they were able to turn around and do that to their campers and so it was just it's just a huge blessing we got to keep everybody moving you know and those and some in our community did get uh COVID-19 they praised Jesus all made it to the other side uh all talked about being in wellness and how that saved their life um you know being moving already um so which you know just goes back to what I was talking about earlier there's never been a in my opinion, a time more critical in our history where our voices as fitness professionals, business owners in this industry, um, to continue to talk, 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 even when we don't think anybody's listening. Mm-hmm. Mm. So many amazing things. And I, the question I was about to ask you is like, what are you most excited about right now? And I, if I, I mean, tell me if it's something different, but it seems like virtual has got you super pumped. So excited and, you know, so excited. And I just for the first time ever, so I've been launching bootcamp challenge for 19 years, uh, five weeks ago, did virtual and in in person simultaneously with 40 Mm -hmm. campers. And, um, and I didn't know if it would work. I literally, my husband is my total tech guy. He's awesome. He does my video, my audio and everything. And we're like setting up a whole situation out at a football field and, and it worked. And I, that, yes. So, so I'm so excited. And, and, and that's the offering my trainers are going to have the opportunity to do in August. Cause I'm like, okay, let me see, you know, again, being the leader, I'm responsible for everything my unit doesn't feel to do. So let me go out and try it for, I never ask anyone, whether it's a trainer or a camper to do anything that I have not done myself or a business owner. I would never say go do X, Y, Z if I haven't done it and can give you true intel on the outcome. And so now that I've done this, I get to offer this to all of my trainers across the nation as well. And it's amazing, Lindsay. Again, I think just just knowing that we can help so many more people be healthy and move during a pandemic just sets me on fire. Getting to offer, oh, trainers. I have been hiring trainers like crazy from states that aren't open. And, and mm. they, they haven't had an income since March and I'm not mm. reaching out to them. They are reaching out to me. I can't tell you how many I've interviewed and they're like, my club's not open. Can I work for you? I'm like, hell yeah, you can. Let's get you mm-hmm. set up sister. Let's <laughs> get you, let's get you a job. So I would mm. definitely say virtual. And also another thing very exciting, I think is that people are, I'm always overcome with how so many people uh, move through fear and keep yeah. moving every day. And I see that within, you know, us as business owners in an, in an industry that has been, um, you know, so terribly impacted. And I do want to say that all of you that are listening to this, um, that have, you know, own boutiques, own gyms that have might've, you know, had a negative or detriment impact your mm-hmm. business. I am praying for you. I've been doing this so long. I know how hard it is. And any business owner, I always pray that they make it um, every day, actually, because any of us that do make it, it's a damn miracle anyway. So mm-hmm. my, my thoughts and my prayers to, to all mm. those that are, that are really struggling. And I, I know I was excited about, about where we are, but I am also very aware and pray daily for those mm-hmm. that, that, that didn't, you know, because the circumstances weren't um, permitted to pivot or couldn't, mm-hmm. or there's some states that are not allowing anything. So, mm-hmm. uh, so my prayers to those in our community that are struggling for sure. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yes, thank you for acknowledging that. And just in general, there's so many, the world is such a interesting place right now. And so I think, you know, your interview today, I hope for those listening to it provides a breath of fresh air and a bright spot. And like you said, you know, we're, um, I too am you know, praying and thinking about and doing my best to take action to provide opportunities. And um, I see you doing that as well. So thank you, Lori. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you for inviting me on and allowing me to share my story and, and, uh, my gift of gab. <laughs> <laughs> Always tell, um, our listeners where they can find you. If you have anything exciting you would like to announce, but for sure how they can find you follow you and even, um, work out with you. Thank you, Morgan. So we do have a website. This is our main website uh, for our campers, and that's bootcamp-challenge.com. My email is lori, L-O-R-I, at bootcamp-challenge.com. And then I'll give you my social handles for me personally, and then also Bootcamp Challenge. So on Facebook, I'm Lori Craig, C-R-A-G-G. Patterson. On Instagram, I am BC Chica. So it's B-C-C-H-I-C-A. LinkedIn, Lori Patterson. Twitter, L'Oreal Patterson. And then on all the platforms, Bootcamp Challenge is Bootcamp Challenge. Um, and uh, yes, and if anybody you know wants to work out, um, if any trainer on here wants to chat about how to pivot their business online, if there's any business owners here who who maybe just even want to talk and drink wine and commiserate, uh, I will I will chat with you. Uh, you can get my phone number from Lindsay and Morgan for sure. And um, and I'm here for I'm here for all of it. Mm, I love it. You're so magical. I want to, if it's okay with you, let's wrap this up with some really fun rapid fire questions so that our listeners can get to know you on one final note. You down? Let's do it. Okay. 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 Um, let's see here. So first thing that pops in your head, just say it and Morgan and I'll bounce back and forth, ask you a couple questions. Okay. So what are you reading right now? Oh my gosh. I literally today, uh, downloaded hang on i'm pulling it up on my phone because uh i just downloaded it for my walk um so i'm finished so the book i listened to today is called the chiffon trenches by andre leon tally it's a memoir and this is the first non-business book that i have listened to in probably five years and actually <laughs> one of my it's my best friend she's the one who challenged me she's like oh my gosh could you just stop reading a business book so so i'm finishing so that ended today and then i just downloaded and it came out today i didn't even know it's called uh the the midnight sun it's by stephanie meyer she wrote all of those um what are those vampire movies you guys remember those Mm, um yes 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 Mm -hmm. um and so it literally so i went into my audibles because i'm like oh i'm gonna finish my book on my run so i need another one so i downloaded that and so i'm very proud of me um because i haven't uh done something of non-business a long time. So that was uh, supposed to be rapid fire. Next question. (laughs) No, good on you. It is important to kind of switch up your reading. I find myself doing the same. I'm like, gosh, I read a lot of heavy books. I need Mm -hmm. something light. (laughs) Um, What is a TV show that you are binging by chance? Um, I, I don't have one literally last night. I'm not, I'm not making this up. You can even ask my husband if he's on a call is that I said, we got to find a show. We don't have a show. So the last show that I remember binging was, 
on Hulu because I had to get Hulu because I didn't have Hulu and it was called Mrs. America and it was mm-hmm. the story of um, the women's liberation movement and it had um, Rose. Uh, What's yes, yes, uh, uh, yes. And um, it was about Phyllis Shafley. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and, and I loved everything about that because like you could, you, I grew up in that time and the, I mean, I was young, but I was born in 66. So I remember, and it was, it was a little things like the smells. And when they were having a cocktail, I remember my hearing the ice in my grandpa's highball. So I think maybe that resonated with me also just the time frame of that, but also watching the women try to move and and again, I, this is, this is my walk away from that show. I think it was 10 episodes. If they would have come together, the two sides fricking would have been president, not even right. joking, but there was a division. And so this is just another reason why I love WIFA so much. WIFA is about bringing us together. Even if we have different inning opinions, you know, let's, what's the path forward that we all feel great about. Uh, so, uh, again, too long for rapid fire next. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What is your, what would be a profession that you would attempt if you weren't doing what you're doing? Um, I would love to be a pop star like Taylor Swift, but I can't <laughs> sing and I, I cannot dance, but that's what I would do. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> well, we'll end with this, but um, who is a business leader that you are currently really interested in? Um, I, oh, that's good. Okay. So there's a couple of them that I follow and, um, I love, and that so bad, I can't remember her name, but she created Spanx mm-hmm. and Sarah Blakely. Sarah Blakely. Yes. And, um, I love her because first of all, I love her social media that she just, you know, she's a mother of four. So I love the personal and I love the business. And to me, she aligns with my value system that you just go. Like the other day she posted how she didn't even have a business plan and I didn't have one either. And I remember telling me people think it, like I literally even signed up to get an MBA that lasted a month and I couldn't run my businesses and get an MBA because I thought that you needed to have that. Boy, I was so wrong. And that's what I love about her too. She's like, you know what, get up and go do you and and be amazeballs. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I love her. Um, anyway, that's who I, that's why I was just reading this morning. So that's the first one that comes off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Mm, we love her too. I love mm-hmm. her too. Yes. Mm, well, thank you so much for being with us today and answering these fun questions to wrap things up. And I can speak for the whole WEFA community that we admire you and are grateful that we have you um, on this show today and part of our community at large. So thanks for doing the interview, Lori. Oh my gosh, Lindsay. Thank you so much, Morgan. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. You know, I love WIFA. Uh, WIFA's my jam. It's my girls. (laughs) (laughs) You're the best. We so appreciate you for everything that you do, not just for WIFA, but Mm -hmm. for people um, out there. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Chica, so much.